if you would. And uh, want to talk to you today about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, thank God for the Holy Ghost. And uh, I haven't taught on this for a while. But uh, we need to be aware of the Holy Spirit. And, and there's so many things we could talk about as it pertains to the Holy Spirit. You know, how to be led by the Spirit. And you talk about the, the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, His ministry to the world, His ministry to the church. And we could go on and on and on. And we've taught on, on the Holy Spirit much over the years. You remember, He's the third member of the Trinity. But, but I guess the, the first thing that a, a person would need to know about the Holy Spirit would have to do with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to teach you today concerning the baptism in the Holy Spirit in Hebrews 6. Because his ministry starts there with the baptism. And you need to be aware of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, uh, 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 let me put it this way. The devil fights this message as much as any. And he's caused so much confusion concerning the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I think it is because when you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, it, it opens you, it opens the Christian to the realm of the Spirit more so. And there's so much power that, that comes. And I think the devil wants to fight against that. And so there's been so much confusion on this among Christians and de- denominations. I, I found this to be true over the years. Uh, have you ever heard of a cult? How many have ever heard of a cult? Usually cults, where, where the divide is, is on who, Je- who Jesus is. Is that, is that correct? I mean, what, what, what separates a, the true, true Christianity from cults? It, it's, it's the position taken on who Jesus is. Is that correct? But then if you move inside Christianity, true Christianity... True Christianity, what, what really, at the root of it, what, what causes different denominational divides? And, and one, of the, one of the biggest things is the position on the Holy Spirit. Did, did you get what I just said? So as it pertains to true Christianity and cults, it would be the position taken on Jesus. But when you move inside true Christianity, it has to do, there's divides and division over, really over the, the Holy Spirit. Uh, for example, I was raised in the Baptist church, and, uh, and so the Baptists, you see, the, how many of you know the Baptists are saved, aren't they? Sure, they're born again, they're going to heaven alright, but they don't believe that there is a baptism in the Holy Spirit. You, you follow what I'm saying? Whereas the Pentecostals or the Charismatics, you know, they believe there is a baptism in the Holy Spirit. So you see there's a division between the Baptists and the Pentecostals or the Charismatics, not over who Jesus is. See, I agree with the Baptists on who Jesus is, right? But, but, but there's the divide on the Holy Spirit. You, you see what I'm saying? And so uh, this subject today is vital. And I realize many of you already know about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But you know it's good to review, isn't it? It's, it's good to review. And some of you maybe, maybe have never heard a message along these lines. And so I'm going to give you scriptural, biblical proof that there is a baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that we as Christians should be baptized with the Holy Spirit. It has nothing to do with whether or not you're going to heaven. As you'll see, it has nothing to do with that. But it has to do with, with are you going to... You know, receive that, that power that God has for you through the baptism of the Spirit and then be able to flow with the Holy Spirit. And it's a great blessing in your life and in, in the life you can be a blessing to others uh, as well. Okay? And so the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Um, let's go to Hebrews 6 verse 1. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ... Let us go on to perfection, our maturity, is what that really means. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, faith toward God, of the doctrine of, 
is that singular or plural? Plural. Now, you know as well as I do, if you talk to almost anybody, whether they were in the church or out, if you just went out on the street and just went down to Walmart and, and just anybody that came along and you said baptism, would you agree with me that almost probably 100% of them would automatically think water? Is, is that right? And if you went to, to churches, so many churches, and you ask baptism, what would be the word that would come up? Water. Water. And uh, you see, last week we, we talked about, did you enjoy that message last week on being in Christ? You know, that we, we talked about how to get born again and getting in Christ. And we brought out, and, and, and actually, you see the baptisms... And we could go on and talk about, in verse 2, the laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. But we're, we're looking at baptisms here today. There's three baptisms in the Scripture. Three. Three baptisms mentioned in the Scripture. Unfortunately, water baptism is the only baptism that typically gets looked at. But there's three. The first baptism is what you need to get to heaven. The first baptism is what you need to get to heaven, what we talked about last week, and it's in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13 says, For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body. You see that? So the first baptism, and that's the most important baptism, is when you get born again. That's when the when your your when the Holy Spirit seals you into the body of Christ. Remember, we showed you last week how He brings you out of the, the kingdom of darkness and moves you into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of God's dear Son. That baptism is it's the most important one because. That's the one you need to miss hell and make heaven. Are you okay? You, are you all right? Is when you're baptized into the body of Christ. That is the must. That is the M-U-S-T. You've got to, it's called being born again or being in Christ. So we talked about that last week. So, so that's the first and most important baptism. And usually that's not referred to as a baptism. It's referred to as getting saved or becoming a Christian or getting in Christ and all of that. But it is technically a baptism. And that's the only one you need to get to heaven. Are you okay with that? That's, that's the only one you need to get to heaven. Then secondly, there's water baptism. Okay? And thank God for it. But it won't save you. And I've taught you along those lines from the Word of God. Water baptism would be the second baptism. And then thirdly is the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to talk about. The baptism with the Holy Spirit. Now, you need to understand this. That until you are baptized into the body of Christ, water baptism has no significance. In other words, if you get water baptized before you're saved, all you have is a, is a wet sinner. Is that right? Is that correct? And, and, and a lot of times, like I've taught you, a lot of times people think that, that when they believe on Jesus and then the moment they come up out of the waters of baptism, they're saved. No, you better be saved before you go into the water, okay? You understand that? Now, we thank God for water baptism, but it won't save you. You must be baptized into the body of Christ before you get water baptized. And then, similarly, you must be baptized into the body of Christ before you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's impossible to be baptized with the Holy Spirit until you're first baptized into the body of Christ. In other words, you can't be baptized with the Holy Spirit until you are first uh, born again. You okay with that? You understand that? You'll see that as we go. So how many baptisms are there? Three. How many do you need to go to heaven? And which one is it? It's the one where you're baptized into the body of Christ. Is that right? But then there's water baptism. And then there's the baptism with the Holy Spirit. That's the one we're going to talk about. Now go to John 20 verse 22. John 20 verse 22. 
notice this was after Jesus was raised from the dead. John 20, verse 22. This was after he was raised from the dead. He came in among his disciples. And notice this. He'd, he'd said some things to him, And then notice, what did he do to, on them? What did he do? He, he, he breathed on them. And he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this is not the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is when his disciples got born again. See, if you're taking notes, you need to, need to understand there's a difference between being born of the Spirit and being baptized with the Spirit. There's a, there's a difference. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's when you get born of the Spirit. That's when, would you agree with me, Dale, how long has this water been sitting up here? Is, this, is it fresh? This water. Now, in the Bible... The Bible likens water. Water is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. There's many symbols. A dove is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Water is a symbol. Would you agree with me there's a difference? Do I have water in me now? That's like being born of the Spirit. When you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of you. Okay? Would you agree with me there's a difference between me taking that water and... And drinking it there, and then if I, what if I just dumped it all over my head? Or if I dove into a swimming pool, is there a difference between the two? See, taking a drink of water is like getting born again. The Holy Spirit comes to live on in the inside of you when you get born again. But then there's an experience subsequent to that, or after that, whereby, and we'll show it to you from the Bible, where you can be baptized in the Holy Ghost. So being born of the Spirit is like taking a drink of water... And being baptized with the Holy Spirit is like having the, 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 the swimming pool dumped on here, jumping into a swimming pool, you see. That's the difference. Okay? Would you agree there's a difference between taking a drink of water and jumping in a pool? Both have water, but in one case you've got the water in you, and in the other case you're just you're surrounded by it. You're overwhelmed with it, you see. So, this right here, he says to them, he says... Receive the Holy Spirit. It's interesting that we're going to see that here in just a few moments, he's going to tell these people, these same people, to go into Jerusalem and wait there until they're baptized with the Holy Spirit. You're going to see that here. But right here, what does he do? He, he breathes on them and they get born again. They get born of the Spirit. It's interesting, in the book of Genesis, does anybody remember when God breathed into Adam and... The Bible says he God breathed in him. He became a living, living being, a living, uh, uh, you know, living being. And here Jesus, who is God, breathes. The first time God breathed in Genesis, man was born. The second time God breathes, man is born again. Is that cool? I think that's neat. And so when you get saved, when you get born again, when you get born of the Spirit, when, when you become a, a, a Christian, the Holy Ghost takes up residency on the inside of you. Uh, the Bible says in Romans 8 verse 9, I'm not sure I gave them this scripture to put up, but the Bible says if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. So when you get born again, the Spirit of God comes to live on the inside of you. Okay, are you alright with that? But notice, if you would, go to Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Now notice this, because Jesus here is speaking to these same people that he just breathed on and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He's speaking to these same people, and notice in Acts 1, verse 4, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me, for John, that's John the Baptist, truly baptized with what? With water. But you shall be what? Baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, wait a minute, Pastor. He just breathed on him and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And now he's telling them to wait until they're baptized with the Holy Spirit. How do you explain that? Very easy. There's two different experiences. When he breathed on them, they got born of the Spirit. The Spirit came to live on the inside of them. Okay? And now there's an experience subsequent to 
are different from what, when he breathed on them. Now he says, wait and the, you're going to be, what? Bapt- Realize, say baptize. Baptize with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that himself. Do you see that? And then in verse 8 he says, and you shall receive power. See, why do you need the baptism in the Holy Spirit? You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit's come on you. And you shall be witnesses to me. See, he'll make you a more powerful witness for Jesus in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. You see that? And then if you look here in chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, this is the same group. And they waited, they waited, uh, I think, about 10 days, because it was 50 days after he was raised from the dead, Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, Pentecost means 50. When the, day had Pente- when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all assembled with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a, a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided what? Divided what? T- tongues. Okay, now we get into tongues. The devil has fought over time trying to confuse the message, the, 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 the teaching on tongues. But it's... It, it, it's it, Let's don't be confused. Can you say amen? Thank God for, for tongues. Thank God. But notice here, divided tongues like fire, as a fire, and one sat on each of them, and they were all what? This is verse 4 now. Acts 2, 4 now. Stay up here now. And they were all what? Filled. You might underline that word filled. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. See, when you see that word filled, they were all filled. You might underline that. That has to do with the baptism in the Spirit, you see. You might make a note of that. They were all what? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled. When you see in the Bible, when you see, just leave that right there, please. When, when you see in the Bible the Holy Ghost fell on them, that has to do with the baptism in the Spirit. When you see in the Bible they were filled that has to do with the baptism. That's not talking about the new birth now. It's talking about the baptism. So as we read on here in other verses, when it talks about being filled, it's talking about the baptism. Or, or the Holy Ghost fell on them. That has to do with the baptism. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to what? Speak with other tongues. See that? Do you read that in your Bible? Yeah? Well, that's all passed away, Pastor. No, just hold on. I'll, I'll explain that in a minute. I'll explain that it hasn't passed away. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, just hold that on the screen, if you would, please. See, a lot of times, you know one reason that, 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 that I watch this. One, and just you leave that up there, please. One reason that people, I watch people get baptized with the Holy Ghost and go for weeks and weeks and months and years and not speak in tongues. And you know why that is? Now, there's a couple of reasons I could give you, but the main reason that I've found over the years, because if you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you will eventually speak with tongues. I'm convinced of it. But I, 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 one reason is, the main reason is, is because people think that the Holy Ghost is going to make them speak with tongues. And He's not going to make you do anything. The Holy Ghost is not going to make you do anything. God will never make you do anything. Now, He will give you the utterance, but you have to yield. Realize, say yield. You have to yield and do the speaking. Did you get that? And I've watched this again and again. I've watched, I've watched born-again believers get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And, and, and they go, they, they, Pastor, I, I, I don't know what it is. I just can't speak with tongues. I just can't. And, and you get right down to it. It's because they think the Holy Ghost is going to take them over and make them talk in tongues. And the Holy Ghost won't make you do anything. You have to say yield. You've got to yield by faith. Notice by faith takes faith to do anything with God. You're going to have to yield by faith your tongue to the Holy Ghost. I remember I was born again at a young age in a Baptist church. And uh, I came over among the charismatics, you know. And uh, and notice it says the Holy Ghost gives the utterance, but we have to do the speaking. And I came over among the charismatics. 
And, uh, and, I, and I got taught just what I'm teaching you here today. And I saw that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is for us today. And I asked Jesus to baptize me in the Holy Ghost. And I went weeks, 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 and I never spoke in tongues. Weeks, 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 never spoke in tongues. I didn't realize. I thought the Holy Ghost was going to take me over and make me speak. But I had to learn that you have to do it by faith and you have to yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, you see. Now, in my case... I, I remember I was running late for work, and I was driving out to Hidden Valley, that golf course. Remember that golf course out there, you know, and, and it turned into a ski area, you know? And that's I worked at the golf course, and I was running late, and I was, I was speeding. I'm confessing my sins here. I was speeding, and I was going up west on 44. Right after I crossed it, right as I came up on the Times Beach Bridge, there was a police officer there, and he was radaring. And he shot me with the radar gun, and when he shot me with the radar gun, I started speaking in tongues, you see. Right there, right there, right there. And I've been speaking in tongues ever since. So I thought of many years I ought to go out and buy a radar gun and just start shooting Christian with a radar gun. Now I say that joking, jokingly. You don't need a radar gun to speak with the tongues, you see. It's just a little joke. But, but, but you know what? I don't know why, but I just started speaking in tongues and have ever since. And I could have weeks and weeks before, but I didn't know that, see, the Holy Ghost won't make you do anything. You've got to yield yourself to Him. Can you say amen? Are you okay? Alright, now, now, do you see this case here that Jesus breathed on them, they got born again, and then he said, wait, and you'll be what? Baptized. Do you see that? And once they got baptized, when they filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Are you okay? You see, there's two different experiences, right? Now, let's go on here. Go to Acts 8. Go to Acts chapter 8, verse 5. Go to Acts 8, 5. And notice here, Philip went down to the city of Samaria. Acts 8, verse 5. Philip is an evangelist. He's a preacher. He went down to the city of Samaria and he preached Christ to them. He preached the, he preached the gospel. And the multitudes with one accord heeded. Underline that word heeded. It means they, they, they listened to him. They heeded. They believed the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy in the city. See, see, they got born again. When you get born again, how many of you know there's great joy in your heart when you get born again? Amen. And now there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is some great power of God. See, he was a sorcerer, and he had bewitched the people. And he, he deceived, you know, the devil's a deceiver. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with sorceries for a long time. But when they believed, notice, they, what did they, they believe, underline that word believe. They believed Philip. These people believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. See, they believed. And when you believe on Jesus, you get born again. Right now, these people are born again, aren't they? Would you, you agree with me? They're born again. Both men and women were baptized. Now, that's talking about water baptized. So they got born again, and then they got water baptized. And verse 13, Simon himself, the saucer, also believed. And when he was baptized, and it's talking about water baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed. Now, the saucer was amazed at the power of God. You know that the power of God is greater than the power of the devil, isn't it? The power of God will amaze the power of the devil, we could talk on that for a long time. Seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Now, now watch this. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. How do you get born again? Receiving the word of God. Jesus is the word made flesh. Philip preached Jesus to him. These people had already received the word of God. They were born again and they'd been water baptized. And, they, and the apostles at Jerusalem heard that they'd received the word of God. They sent Peter and John to them. Who Now, why would you send Peter and John to them? If, if they have all of the Holy Ghost there is to get, if they have everything that they need, why would you need to send Peter and John to them? Why? Well, when they'd come down, they prayed for them that they might what? Now, they already have the Holy Spirit when they got born again. Holy Ghost is in them. What's this talking about? This is talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. 
For as yet he had, what's that next word? This is verse 16. For as yet he had what? He had fallen. When that, you see that word fallen, that has to do with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Ghost was in him, but he hadn't fallen on him yet. See, these people, now I'm going slow, I want you to get it. Had these people heard the gospel? Yes. Had they believed the gospel? Yes. Were they already born again? Yes. Was the Holy Spirit in them? Yes. Had they been water baptized? Yes. And that's where the Baptists stop, right there. And thank God for the Baptists. I was raised in the Baptist church. I'm still a Baptist at heart. I'm just a Baptist that got filled, that got baptized with the Holy Ghost. And they call me Baptocostal, you see. I'm, you know, you get that, Baptocostal? I'm a Baptist. See, they don't believe in the baptism and the Pentecostals do, so I'm a Baptocostal. You okay? He had fallen upon none of them. That, what does that word fallen mean? Baptized. He hadn't fallen on any of them yet. They had only been water. See, it doesn't say water, but the implication, they had only been what? Water baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Are you okay? Are you all right with that? And then they laid their hands on them. Now, somebody would say, why couldn't Philip had done this? Well, all I can tell you is I've learned this over the years. Now, Philip could have done it, but I've learned this over the years. There are some people who have a special ministry given to them by God. And when they lay hands on people, they get filled with, with the Holy Ghost. Now, you don't need anybody to lay hands on you. You can be baptized with the Holy Ghost without ever anybody laying hands on you. You understand that? And Philip could have done this, but Peter and John apparently had a ministry along these lines. I've run into a few people over the years... I'm thinking of two people right now. It's just about anybody they'd lay hands on that wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would come on that person and they'd, and they'd, they'd speak with tongues. That's the only way I can explain that. But nonetheless, they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Well, I thought they already had the Holy Spirit. Yeah, they already had the Holy Spirit in them, but now they've baptized with the Spirit. You Okay. And when Simon saw, you might underline that word saw, because he saw something happened, something was different. He saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given. He offered him money. Now, that's a no-no. He shouldn't have done it. And he said, give me this power. See, when the Holy Ghost comes on people, we saw earlier, Jesus said you'd be endued with what? Power from on high. Give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. And Peter said, your money perished with you because you thought the gift of God could be purchased with money. You can't purchase the gift of God with money. You understand that. You you don't have enough money to buy salvation or the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Nobody does. It's a free gift from God by His grace. And then verse 21, you have neither... Then Peter said to Simon, he said, you have neither part nor portion in this matter. Now, in this passage, it doesn't tell us specifically that they spoke with tongues. But we know something happened because this, this, this Simon saw that something happened. He saw that power had come on him. And that word matter, if you studied it out in the Greek, it, has, it, it actually will bring out matter of utterance. So evidently, and I can't prove it, I can't dogmatically tell you they spoke with tongues, but I think as from what we saw on the day of Pentecost and from what we're going to see, I think we can conclude that they were speaking with tongues was one of the things that, 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 that had happened there. Now go to Acts, the ninth chapter, please. This is the Apostle Paul before he got saved. But at least as you're turning to Acts 9, can you see right now, if we stop right now, if we just close the message right now, can you see that there's, there's an experience after you get born again whereby you need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost? Could you see if we stop now? Could you see that? But, the, but wait, there's more. I got more for you. There's more. Acts 9, verse 4. This is Saul. He's going in to persecute the Christians at Damascus. He's on the road to Damascus. And in verse 4, you know, Jesus appeared to him. This, light, this bright light shone around him. And he was knocked to the ground, fell to the ground, and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Okay? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Now, he calls Jesus Lord right here. Now, if you read, Paul gave this account. This is when it actually happened to him. But Paul gave this account two other times. 
And in one of the accounts, he said that Jesus clearly identified himself. And, and he did here in this case. But it's not as clear here as it is in, some, in, in one of the other accounts. Jesus clearly identified himself to Saul. And once Jesus, because Saul was going around persecuting everybody that believed on Jesus. And Jesus appeared to him. He identified himself. Saul knew who it was, and he called him Lord. And the Bible says, and Paul would write later in Romans, he said, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be... I'm thoroughly convinced that Saul got saved right here on the road to Damascus. He was born again. He was changed from Saul to Paul. No question about it. Are you okay? All right. In verse 5... He says, who are you, Lord? And he, he said, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. That was verse 5. Now skip down to verse 17. Because Jesus had spoken to Ananias. He was a, a, a layman, a brother, a disciple in the city. And had given him some instructions to go over and minister to Saul. Because Saul had been blinded by that light. And, and, and so anyway, for the sake of time, verse 17. And Ananias went his way and entered the house. Because the Lord Jesus sent him over there to minister to Saul, who, who now is Paul, you know. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul. Interesting, he calls him brother. And said, and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be what? Now that word filled implies what? The... Baptism in the Holy Spirit. Are you getting it? So when did he? When did Saul get born again? Out on the road. Is that is that correct? I don't think there's any question about it. And now he comes in here, and Ananias comes over and lays his. Appeared on the road to him. They married suicide and be filled with the Holy Spirit. He laid his hands on him, and he said, "Be filled with the Holy Spirit." So right here. When, when did Saul get saved? When did he get saved? Out on the road. When did he get the Holy Ghost in him? Out on the road. And right here now he's being what? Baptized with the Holy Spirit. Are you okay? And then after that, he says, verse 18, Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, because he'd been blinded with that glory. And he received his sight at once and arose and was... Now what kind of baptism did he get there? Water baptized. So, so here, can you see he was born again on the road. The Holy Ghost came in him on the road, right? Then he gets filled with the Holy Spirit. He gets baptized with the Holy Ghost. And then he gets what? Water baptized. See, the water baptism and the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the order in which you get water baptized or baptized with the Holy Spirit is irrelevant. Hasn't got a thing in the world to do with going to heaven. What has to do with going to heaven? Being born of the Spirit. You okay? There are some people that teach you, just like, you know, there are some people who will teach you that unless you're water baptized, you can't be saved. That's, that's not true. There's other people who will teach you that you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues to go to heaven. How many of you know that's not true? That's not true. You don't, you don't ever have to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You don't ever have to speak in tongues. Ever. And you'd, you'd be just as saved and go to heaven and everything be wonderful. But you miss out on the power. You miss out on all the Holy Ghost can, can help you with. Can you say amen? And then somebody said, well, where do we see Paul speaking with tongues? Well, you can just mark this. We don't have to put it on the screen. But 1 Corinthians 14, 18, he says, I, he says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. So do we know Paul spoke with tongues? Yeah, we do. Now go to Acts, the 10th chapter. Are you getting anything out of this? Okay. Let's just give you a few more of these. Acts, the 10th chapter. And for the sake of time, Cornelius was a Gentile. He was a godly man. He prayed regularly. He gave, he gave gifts to the poor. He, he was a, a good family man, this, this man named Cornelius. Acts, chapter 10. And he was praying, and an angel appeared to him and said, Go send for... Peter, and he'll tell you what you need to do. And the first question that I would have is, wait, I'm a good godly man. I'm a good person. I, I pray every day. I give to the poor. Well, what else do I need to do? How many of you know your works won't save you? Is that right? 
And, and, and so, so and, and I preached a message off of that, that one day, that even the good must be saved. You see what I'm saying? And so Cornelius sent for Peter. Peter came over to Cornelius' house. And, and, and if you read up above there, you could see how he preached the gospel to him. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay? And so notice here, we'll pick up in verse 43, Acts 10:43. Peter is speaking to Cornelius' house as to him, to Jesus. All the prophets witness that through his name, talking about Jesus, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. Now these people were hungry to hear the gospel. Cornelius and his household, they were hungry. Peter preaches to them and says, whoever believes in him will receive, in Jesus, will receive remission or forgiveness of sins. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit, what? Come on, help me out, guys. What did he do? He what? He fell on all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them what? Speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be water baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be water baptized is the implication here in the name of the Lord. Do you see what happened here? Peter comes over, he preaches the gospel, and these people were so hungry that they got, I call this a one-two punch. They, they heard the gospel and they got born again and baptized in the Holy Spirit just Bang, bang. Just, you have to be born of the Spirit first. But they got born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. Bang, bang. Did you, did you see that? How many sees that? They, they believed on Jesus. They got born again. And then not only did they get born again, but the Holy Ghost fell on them. They got baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's the best way to do it. Get born again and baptized with the Holy Ghost at the same time. Most Christians that I've dealt with over the years, they get born again, they become a Christian, but then they don't ever hear about being baptized with the Holy Ghost until later. That happened to me. And then at a later time, they get baptized with the Holy Ghost. But in this case, they got born again and baptized in the Holy Ghost at the same time. And what did they do? They spoke with tongues and magnified God. And then after they were born again and baptized with the Holy Ghost, then like with Paul that we just read about, then they got water baptized. Can you say amen? You say, why, 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 why are you teaching on this? We already know this. You know, there's a lot of people don't already know this. And even if you know it, again, repetition is what? The seed of learning. It's good to hear this stuff again and again. Why are you preaching on this? Well, I'm preaching on this to try to give people who've never heard it Let them see it. And then, you know, if you don't stay fresh on the Word of God, you can get dull. So we need to stay fresh. Real loud, say fresh. Say fresh. Let's keep it fresh. I'm just kind of doing this to keep it fresh. You okay? Now go to Acts 19. And we're going to read these in the King James Version because it brings it out most clearly. These others have been in the New King James. This will be the King James. And it came to pass, this is Acts 19, verse 1. It came to pass that while Apollos, he was another preacher, was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. Now these people are already saved. You know it right there. They're disciples. And he said to them, have you received, have ye received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Well, now, if you don't know that there is a baptism in the Holy Ghost, that right there is going to confuse you. Because you know as well as I do, when you receive, when you, when you believe on the Lord Jesus, you get the Holy Ghost in you, don't you? He's not talking about, do you have the Holy Ghost in you? He's talking about, have you been baptized in the Holy Ghost since you believed? That would have been a good question to ask me years ago when I was in the Baptist church. I love the Baptist. Thank God for the Baptist. I was born of the Spirit. But some, Paul would ask me. In fact, I had a preacher ask me. He said, he said, Brother, do you have the Holy Ghost? And I looked at him and I, what are you talking about? And, and then because I didn't know this. And I, I thought, well, yeah, I have the Holy Ghost. I See, I had the Holy Ghost in me. But what he meant, what the preacher meant, have you been baptized with the Holy Ghost since you believed? See what I'm saying? And the answer there was no. I had I'd been born of the Spirit. I just never been baptized with the Spirit. And that's the same thing that, he's, that Paul's asking these guys. These were believers. 
They were disciples. And they had the Holy Ghost in them. But have you received, verse 2, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? A better way to say that would be, have you been baptized with the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said to him, we've not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Well, isn't it good to know you don't need to know much to go to heaven? Is that right? It's not what you know, it's who you know. You need to know Jesus. And so they said, we, we don't even know whether there be Holy Ghost. And he said to them, unto what, what were you baptized? He's talking about water baptism. And they said, unto John's baptism. And uh, then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, on Jesus, which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were water baptized. See, it doesn't say water, but it's implied. We're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. You okay? Now, these guys got baptized twice. Water baptized twice. And people have asked me over the years, you know, why did these guys get baptized twice? Why did they get water baptized twice? It's clear they believed on, on Jesus. They came, in fact, they came, they were with John the Baptist. He preached Jesus. He said, Behold, the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. They believed on Jesus. They were disciples. They were born again. They had the Holy Ghost in them. They'd never been water, uh, they, they, they'd, been, they'd been water baptized. They just had never been baptized with the Holy Ghost. Are you okay? Let's get this right now. These people heard John preach. John preached Jesus. They believed on Jesus. They got born of the Spirit. You know, they, they were believers. Say they were believers. All right. You agree with me they were believers? He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? So I want to be sure we get this. There's these guys. Paul comes in contact with them. And they're believers. They believe on Jesus. They were under John's ministry. They believed on Jesus. They were water baptized by John or his disciples. Okay, are you okay? Okay. They run into Paul. And he says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And it would have been better if he would have said, have you been baptized in the Holy Ghost? Are you okay? So these were believers. They're saved people. He just wants to know, have they been baptized with the Holy Ghost? And he asked them what they were baptized under. Water baptism. Under John's. He said, John baptized and we just read it. The question that comes up is, why, why did these guys get baptized, water baptized twice? And the, and the best answer, I, and much we could talk for an hour on it, but the best answer I can give you is this. I've had a lot of people come up to me over the years. And they say to me, Pastor Terry... I was water baptized as a child. Or Pastor Terry, I was water baptized in the Catholic Church. But I wasn't born again. How many of you know the Catholics do have the Jesus of the Bible? The Mormons don't. The Jehovah's Witness don't. You okay? I've had people come up to me and they say, you know, I was water baptized many years ago, but, but, but I've come to know Jesus since I was water baptized. Should I be, and pastor, I've received Jesus. He's in my heart. I was water baptized way back yonder before I knew the Lord, but I've come to know the Lord. Should I get water baptized again? And based on this, I would say yes. Now, is it, is it a matter of going to heaven or not? No. But it is a matter, I think, of having a good conscience toward God. And so if you were water baptized before you got saved, and you've gotten saved... I would recommend getting water baptized again. It doesn't have anything to do with salvation. It just has to do with a good conscience toward God. Are you okay? Are you okay? So anyway, he comes up on these guys. And, and let, let, let's, let's go through it again. I'm, I, I just You've got to get this. Let's pick back up in verse 1. It came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed to the upper coast, he comes to these disciples. They're saved people. He said, have you, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? See, they were believers. And... He's really asking him, have you been baptized with the Holy Ghost? We'll see that here in a minute. And they said, we don't even know where there'd be a Holy Ghost. He said, what were you baptized? Under John's baptism. He said, he, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying that they should believe on him who'd come after him that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So let's not make it any more difficult than that. Okay? They just, they were baptized. See, technically, if you want to be technical, it's hard for me not to be technical. 
technically these men, though they were believers, though they were saved, they, they, they were technically saved under the old covenant. But from the time they believed on Jesus to the time they ran into Paul here, Jesus had rose from the dead. And nobody could get born again until Jesus was raised from the dead. So technically these people here, these guys had been water baptized before they technically got born again. Do you follow what I'm saying? So once now that they're technically born again, then they got water baptized. So if you got water baptized years ago before you were saved, now you come to know the Lord, I'd recommend getting water baptized again. It doesn't save you or not save you or anything like that. It's just the answer of a good conscience toward God. Anyway, when they heard this, they were water baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6. Now watch this. Set all that to get to verse 6. That's tough. <laughs> and when Paul had what? Verse 6. Help me out. When Paul had what? When he what? The Holy Ghost came on them. That, that's another way of saying that he fell on them or they were filled. The Holy Ghost came on them. That has to do with the baptism in the Holy Ghost. So he laid his hands on them. The Holy Ghost came on them and they what? They what? They spoke with tongues and prophesied. You okay? Are you sure? You see there's an experience subsequent to being born again. Subsequent means after. There's an experience after you're born again where you need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Is it a heaven-hell issue? No. It's a power issue. It's... Now, real quick, I just have a few minutes left here. Go to 1 Corinthians 13.8. So I've proven that to you, but I just want to close with a couple of things here, a couple of thoughts. Real quickly, some will say, well, tongues have ceased. Well, just, just real quick, 1 Corinthians 13, 8. I'm going to pick up midway through that verse. Paul is talking about here, and he's talking in connection with chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12, where he gave the, the nine gifts of the Spirit. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, simple gift of prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and all of that. So you've got to read chapter 13 with chapter 12 in mind. And he says, whether there be prophecies, they will, they will uh, fail. Now, he's not talking... He's not talking about the prophecy of the Old Testament. He's talking about the simple gift of prophecy mentioned in chapter 12. And there's going to come a time when the word fail means, it doesn't mean really fail. In English, they translate it fail, but it means cease or, or, or stop. And they said, whether there are tongues, they will what? So there's going to come a day when tongues will cease. Where there is knowledge. This is not talking about normal knowledge, like 2 plus 2 is 4. It's not talking about, it's talking about the word of knowledge mentioned up in chapter 12. Whether there is knowledge, it will what? Vanish away. He said, for now, for essentially now we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come. That's talking about when the Lord Jesus. See, some teach that, well, we needed those gifts till we got the written Bible. That's not what it's talking about, as you'll see. It's talking about here when that which is perfect has come. It's talking about when the Lord Jesus comes back and sets up his millennial kingdom, which he hasn't done yet. When that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. Look at verse 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. So when we see Jesus face to face, that's when tongues will cease. But until then, tongues are still operating. Can you say amen? And then it's interesting, for those who argue that tongues have ceased, if you, now this is in chapter 13, if you go to chapter 14 right below there, if you go to chapter 14 and look at verse 5, Paul tells the congregation in Corinth, he says, I wish... You all what? I wish you all what? Spoke with tongues. That's everybody, that's everybody in the church. And then in verse 39, if you drop down to verse 39, we'll pick up midway through that verse. Do not forbid to what? Speak with tongues. You see that in verse 39? He says, and do not forbid to what? Speak with tongues. Okay? Now, having said that, i got my last page here, and we'll quit, but I don't want to stop just yet. You, you learning anything? We're just teaching here today. Now, one reason there's been so much confusion about the subject of tongues is because there's a private side to it and a public side to it. Real loud, say private side, and then say public side. And the reason there's been, one of the reasons there's been so much confusion is there's a private side to tongues and there's a public side. On the private side, everybody 
It's not a heaven-hell issue. We don't pressure anybody around here. But everybody ought to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Did you know that the New Testament is written assuming everybody's going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost? Did you know that? And, 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 and everybody ought to be speaking in tongues in their private life every day. Did you know that? But not everybody's going to be used on the, on, on the public side. Not everybody's going to be used on the public side. You need to understand that. Um, on the public side, we're public right now, aren't we? If a tongue was given out right here, right now, there would need to be an interpretation. Unless tongues is being used as a sign. And that happens every once in a while. That happened on the day of Pentecost. How many remembers on the day of Pentecost, there was tongues given, there was no interpretation. But remember what happened? They all heard them, those people that were gathered, heard the disciples speaking in their own languages. And how many of you know they were speaking what? The wonderful works of God. Is that correct? And there need to be no interpretation. There's a story told about a man that came into a church. He was a sinner man. He was a, he was a vile sinner man. And he came into a church and he sat in the back. And the pastor saw him come in and he was glad to see that this sinner man, the meanest guy in town, came to church. And so the pastor, he preached his message, you know. And, uh, and right at the end of the message, right before he gave the altar call, this, this I guess she's about 12, 13 years old, she stood up. This was a smaller town. She stood up over here and she gave a message out in, in, in tongues. And after she got done, she sat down and there was no interpretation. And the pastor was a little puzzled by that because in public, if there's a tongue given, it needs to be interpreted Unless it's being used as a sign. Nobody had the interpretation. The pastor not quite knowing what to do. He just gave the altar call. And when he gave the altar call, that sinner man got up and he ran and came down in the altar and he got saved. After the service was over, the pastor got with the guy and he said, Sir, I noticed that uh, when I gave the altar call, he said, you came flying into the altar to get saved. He said, Was it something I said in my message that moved you? And the guy said, No, it was nothing you said, Pastor. It was a good message, but it was nothing you said. He said, That girl that stood up, now, he said, I don't know her real well, but I, I know her dad and I know her mom and I know that little girl uh, and I know that she doesn't know Choctaw. And he said, I, what people don't know in this town is I was raised on a Choctaw reservation. And that girl spoke perfect Choctaw, called my name, and said to me, this is the last, said the Holy Ghost was talking to me, called my name, said this is the last time I'm going to deal with your heart. I've dealt with your heart to get saved over the years, and you've never yielded to me. This is the last time I'm going to deal with you, for if you don't come now, you're, you're going to, essentially you're going to go to hell, so on and so forth. He said it got my attention, it scared me, the hair stood up on the back of my neck, and he said when you gave that altar call, I came running into the, thank God for the Holy Ghost, can you say amen? So you don't need to interpret that, that tongue, see. Thank God for the power of the Holy Ghost. I said, thank God for the power of the Holy Ghost. But if tongues are given in a service, typically there needs to be interpretation. Look real quick, 1 Corinthians 12, 28. 1 Corinthians 12, 28. You're hungry for the Word of God, aren't you? And God, now watch this, I'm almost done, but I need to get this through to you. 1 Corinthians, because if I pick up next week, we'll lose the momentum here. So let's just... Let's just finish this up. 1 Corinthians 12, 20. And God has appointed these where? Where? In the... So in the public setting of the church, apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, helps administration, varieties of tongues. So there ought to be tongues going on in the church from time to time. Is that right? And he says, are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. That's, clearly not everybody's an apostle or a prophet or a teacher. Are all, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? The answer is no. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. Wait, wait a minute. Paul just said earlier he wanted us all to speak with tongues. See why there's confusion? There's a public side and there's a... See, on the private side, he wants everybody speaking with tongues. But on the public side, not everybody's going to use, be used to speak with tongues in a public setting and give a message out in tongues. Not everybody's going to be used publicly. Can you say amen? Not everybody's going to be used publicly to give a message in tongues. Not everybody's going to use publicly to, to interpret, you see, in the church. But on the private side, we all ought to be speaking in tongues. Because it's our prayer language. Look, if you would, at 1 Corinthians 14.2. Come on, real quick here. Oh, I tell you what. 1 Corinthians 14.2. For he who speaks in a tongue 
Now, this is on the private side. Realize, say private side. The private side now. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to who? But to God. For no one understands him. However, in the what? In the... See, when it talks about... When the Bible talks about praying in the Spirit, it's talking about praying in tongues. He who speaks in tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands However, in the Spirit, he speaks what? Mysteries. Do you see that? See why it's so important to have a have your be baptized in the Holy Ghost, have that private prayer language. You see that? Now look at First Corinthians fourteen. Go 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 real quick. First Corinthians fourteen fourteen. Are you there? It says for if I pray in a tongue, First Corinthians fourteen fourteen. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is what? So you're not going to understand what you're saying. This is on the private side. See, what's the conclusion? Now now listen to this. See if you pray in a tongue. My spirit, your spirit will be praying. The Holy Ghost in, in your spirit will be praying, but my understand, your mind, your, your understanding will be unfruitful. For what's the conclusion then? I'll pray with the spirit. I'll pray with the understanding. In other words, I'll pray in tongues and I'll pray in English. I'll sing with the spirit. I'll sing in tongues. You know, you can sing in tongues. I sound better in tongues than I do in English. I'll sing with the spirit and also sing with the understanding. You understand that? I'll sing in the spirit with another tongue. I'll sing with the understanding. Otherwise, now you know it says, this is something that we overlook a lot of times. If you bless with the spirit, did you know when you're speaking in tongues, you're blessing, you're blessing, particularly blessing God. Bless with the spirit. How will he who occupies the place of the uniform say amen at your giving of thanks since he does not understand what you say? This is on the private side. We ought to be speaking in tongues. We don't understand it when we speak in tongues on the private side in our prayer. It, it's between us and God. The devil can't crack that. Can you say amen? He doesn't understand what we're saying. It, 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 the devil doesn't. It, 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 it frustrates the devil, you see. And, and what you don't realize is you're giving thanks to God. You're, you're blessing with the Spirit. You're speaking the wonderful works of God. That's what they did on the day of Pentecost. Verse 17, for indeed you give thanks well. The other's not edified. I thank God I speak in tongues more than y'all. Then he says, yet in the church. Sometimes people say, why don't you speak more in tongues from the pulpit? Because I'm in good company. I'm with the Apostle Paul. He says, in the church. I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. Did you know much of tongues should be on the private side? Much of it. But there is a public ministry. I do have a public ministry along the lines of tongues. My wife and I, tongues and interpretation. Sometimes God lets me flow in the office of the prophet through tongues and interpretation. Thank God for it. Amen. But Paul said he'd rather say five words in, I'll put it my, in my words, I'd rather say five words in English, easy for everybody to understand, than stand up here and talk in tongues for an hour. Can you say amen? And then here's something else. Go to Rome, so we could go on and on. Romans 8, real quick. Come on, real quick. I just, I, I, if I pick up here next week, we're going to lose this momentum. I, and I need to do something else next week. Romans 8, 26. Oh, my God. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to, oh my, listen to this. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Have you ever been in that boat where you didn't know what to pray as you ought? Well, I have. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I think that has to do with tongues right there. And, and, and much more we could say, but at least in part has to do with tongues. For he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he, the Holy Ghost, makes intercessions for the saints, uh, intercession for the saints according to the will of God. See, if you want to be more effective in your prayer life, get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Yield your tongue to the Spirit of God. This came in very helpful. Say, so why do we need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost? Thank God I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. It kept my mother from going through the jaws of death physically. Now, my mother was born again. She was saved. She didn't know too much about the Bible, but thank God you don't have to know too much about the Bible to go to heaven. Can you say amen? Now, she was saved. Now, listen to this. She was saved. No question about it. She believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. She received him. No question about it. But when it came down to the end of her, her days, uh, and I won't go into the whole story, but just very briefly, I could see that her body was facing the jaws of death. Do you know what I mean, the jaws of death? Have you ever seen somebody die a horrifying death, a painful death? Has anybody ever seen that? 
I'm talking right over here, Del Mar Gardens, Merrimack Valley, right over here. Has anybody ever seen somebody go through? They were born again. They're going to heaven all right. They knew Jesus, but they went through the jaws of death. You ever work in a nursing home sometime, you'll see people die and go through the jaws of death. Did you? I watched my grandma go through the jaws of death. Had I known then, when I was 10 years old, what I know now, I, I believe we could have prevented that. You say, why do we need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost? Let me tell you what. I remember I could see, I could see my mother. She was going, she was headed for the jaws of death. Now she's going to go to heaven, all right. But how many of you know there's no need for her to suffer and suffer and suffer? Is that right? Can you say amen? And, and, and I remember uh, uh, she was going along there, and you could see she was going to go, and she's in the bed, and, uh, and, 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 and I won't go into all the story of it, but that Monday came, and, and her breathing became erratic, and, and it, it was not going the right way. You could see she's headed for the jaws of death physically. And I remember I left that nursing home that night about, I don't know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I was going to go back in the morning. It was on a Monday. I left that. And I was going down that back hall and a holy thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost took hold with me and I yielded my tongue to Him. And we, and I, and I, I remember the power of God he, on me so strong and I, in tongues. I, I prayed in tongues all the way down that back stairs, all the way into that restroom, all the way out in the parking lot, got in my car, the power of God, on me praying in tongues from the Holy Ghost was making intercession for my mother, making intercession for my mother, and the Holy Ghost showed me as I was driving out of that 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 Delmar Garden, as I was driving out that parking lot, the Holy Ghost showed me how my mother's physical body would die. And when I left there, it wasn't looking so good. The next morning, when I get there, she's sleeping like a baby. Slept all day Tuesday, Wednesday morning, peacefully. Went to heaven. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. And her body died just like the Holy Ghost showed me. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Don't tell me we don't need the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 14.4 says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. You want to be built up, get filled with the Holy Ghost. That word edify means to be built up. It has to do with like charging a battery. Have you ever had a dead battery? And I tell you what, you put it to a charger, you charge it up. You get speak in tongues, it'll edify you. It builds you up. In Jude verse 20, chapter 1, there's only one chapter, verse 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up. Say building myself up. Say it like you mean it. Building myself up. How do you build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in? That's talking about other tongues. Did you get anything out of this? I went a little long, but I'm glad I did. Praise God. Stand with me if you would. I tell you what, in this hour in which we live, and I realize I shouldn't teach as long sometimes as I do, but sometimes you just, you just can't get everything in in a 30-minute little message. Did you hear me? And so we're just going to flow with the Holy Ghost, and I believe that it will come out ahead. What do you say? Anytime you teach the Word of God, it's not lost time. Amen? Anytime you worship God in song, it's not lost time. Anytime you pray in the Spirit, it's not lost time. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Ronde bonka hando rotangagand, zenging gandorode, banstetea raundega, ying skorunda, rahando, yindere bankara ostata, isepeka, rotangadese, pan erodebara, dengege estea, castohaba, yetesa. There are some things that are coming up in this nation. Some things that have already arisen and some things that are yet to arise. And many have prayed in their understanding and they've prayed and much good has been accomplished and much good has been done. But there are things that have arisen and shall arise in this nation that will Cause the saints in instances, many instances, to not know how to pray as they ought. Or they will say, I don't know how to pray about this. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to pray this out. And so, 
It'll be a time to rise up in the spirit like you haven't yet before. And yield yourself to the spirit of God and pray and pray in the midnight hour and pray in the noonday and pray in the afternoon and yield your tongue to me and yield your tongue to my spirit and I have the answer, saith the Lord, and I'll pray the answer out through you if you'll yield yourself to me. Yield yourself to me and sometimes it'll be very bold and other times it'll be very gentle. But yet we'll be praying the answer out and I'll pray it out through those that'll yield themselves to me and a great difference will be made and yes, even the destiny of this nation depends on it. That being your yieldedness to my spirit, to pray in the spirit and to pray out my perfect will so that it can come to pass in the days and months that lay ahead, says the spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 We have a job to do. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying there. We need to be yielded. See, now we taught you about the Holy Ghost. I didn't know he... See, now somebody's going to say, well, he had that plan for the... I didn't have that plan. I was going to just close up the service and go by. See, I didn't have that. See, the Holy Ghost just right on the insides. That needed to be... uh, He he gave it out in tongues and then I interpreted it. The the tongues were by... And I had to do it by faith. I had to do it by faith. Both of them. The, The tongues and the interpretation. And my spirit feels good about what the Holy Ghost just said there. And if you look around in the natural in this nation, you can see it's right. You can see it's right. Hey, you can see there's things coming. If you, yeah, you can see it's through things coming. Things that have already happened, things that are happening, and things to come. That I'm telling you, we need to be sharp in the spirit. I'm telling you, we need, the, the, the destiny of this nation depends on the Christians being sharp in the spirit. And frankly, I'm telling you, there's some things that are coming that, that praying in, in the understanding alone isn't going to get the job done. Because we're not going to know how to do it effectively as well. We're going to need to yield ourselves to the Holy Ghost. We're going to need, need to be yielded to the Holy Ghost. We're going to need to be yielded to the Holy Ghost. He's going to call on us to pray in the spirit. And to pray out, pray out His perfect will and make intercession. Can you say Amen? Hallelujah! Raise your hands and just bless Him and thank Him. Thank you, Lord. We bless. Boy, the power of God's strong up here.